Here we are. Welcome. I know you've been waiting for it. Part three of our Faith Catalysts series. We are looking, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We are looking to grow faith and growing faith, why growing faith makes a difference. And then we're specifically examining why five things or how God uses these five things to continually grow our faith. And faith. Episode one was about uh, big faith. What does it look like and why can it transform your life? And episode two was all about the, uh, the value and the impact of practical teaching. And if you missed either or both of those episodes, you can catch up at intoone.ca under message archive. Um, these things come from listening to stories from people who are describing their faith experience. This is what happened to me. This is what's going on, that kind of a thing. And as people are watching their faith grow, they tend to mention, they tend to notice, they tend to highlight in different words. They don't say it like this, but these five things show up and they make a difference. And God seems to use them to catalyze faith development, like a big faith power-up, okay? So big faith is important because we said in episode one that faith is the key to every good relationship, every healthy, good relationship, whether that's marriage, whether that's a good friendship, or even if that's uh, between a couple of people in the marketplace. And by faith, I mean trust or confidence. As our confidence in God grows, our intimacy with God grows. As our confidence in God grows bigger, our faith gets bigger. There is more of a personal element to our faith, and that leads to a better understanding of the idea of a personal relationship with God. The whole idea of a personal relationship with God comes through coming through Christ to make it a reality. That's what we're looking at. So God wants you to have big faith. That's what he's working on in you. And then if you ask the question, well, how does God do that? From observations, we can see these five faith catalysts. Again and again, they show up in my story, in your story, in many other people's stories. And those things are practical teaching, providential relationships, private disciplines, personal ministry, and pivotal circumstances. This is not a list that you just go out and do. You don't walk out the door and say, today I'm going to check one of these things off. It's not a list that you're going to find in the Bible anywhere. So today, we are on to and into number two. So episode three is all about faith catalyst number two, all right? Providential relationships is where we're going today. So right now, I would love it if you could write this down. Record it at intuone.ca in your notes or in your handout that you've got there. Question number one, write down the name of someone whom God used to make your faith bigger or stronger. How did God bring your life and, and, and intersect with you as a result of that relationship? It could be a conversation. It could have been from uh, watching their life. But as a result of that person, you feel like your faith in God got bigger. Write it down. Who's that person? Second question, maybe, maybe just an alternate to the first question, really. Some of you might not like that first question. It didn't work for you. Some of you might say, hold on a second, just back that up a little bit. I'm not really a church person. Uh, I've got some issues with the Bible. I've got some issues with God right now. We're not exactly seeing eye to eye. Uh, I'm here because someone brought me here. I, I'm not really sure I believe 
In fact, I'm not, I'm not really one of you. And we kind of smile when, you, when you, we hear that because you're really more like us than you think because you are right now surrounded by people who didn't used to go to church. And if you've never heard this before, just let me say it to you one more time just so that we can be clear. You can belong here before you believe here. All of us are growing in our beliefs. To come here and to be part of us, to be part of this group, this fellowship, you don't have to believe everything we believe when you arrive. You can just be kicking, checking things out. You're kicking the tires. You're checking, taking a look around. And that's okay. But all that being said, you might not have liked the first question. So here's my alternate. Who in your life have you had a relationship with that possibly, possibly God used to cause you to have an interest in faith or to re-examine faith or to, to give faith a chance or, or maybe to give God a chance? You're not there yet, but, you know, maybe it's the person you came with. Maybe it's the person who invited you. Maybe it's the person who told you about this place. Who in your life has had a positive influence on your view of God and or Christians? People coming in? If I was going to answer this question, if you were asking me, uh, I have a couple of folks that just jump right to the top of my mind. The first one was Gary Bruce. Gary Bruce is my youth pastor, and uh, he was so powerful that he became my friend. He went from a titled position, which is uh, designed to have those titles that creates a bit of uh, distance, and he, and, he, and he turned it into a personal connection, and he was my friend. He grew into my friend, and then he grew into a mentor. And, and I met Gary partway through my high school career, and for some reason, he took an interest in me. He believed in me, and he encouraged me. He trusted me. He taught me. He hung out with me. He laughed with me. No doubt he laughed at me. He was serious with me. He offered insight into my life. He played ball hockey with me so many hours of ball hockey he played with me. He let me drive his standard transmission car when I had never driven a standard transmission car. And that took some time. I can remember one afternoon that I blocked up an intersection really well learning to drive standard. For me, even though I was not, you know, dead set against the church or dead set against Christianity, I still thought that it was really honestly, for old people, right? And I might just come back when the gray hair starts rolling in, but for now, I need to live my life. I need to enjoy myself. I need to do my thing. What's my thing? I don't even know. That's why I have to figure it out before it's too late. When I'm old, and, and, and life is boring anyway, when I'm old, and the options for worthwhile sinning have faded away, well, then I can re-embrace Christianity, and then I won't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Come on, am I the only person who ever felt like that? Seriously. How many still think like that? Yeah, you might not want to answer that one. So, so what Gary did for me, and for a bunch of us, he brought faith into a, uh, a realm that was bigger than, than Bible stories and Bible study and church services and choirs singing. 
He convinced me by his words, but I think it was not so much by his words, but more by his actions, by his life, that faith was something to be embraced, that there was a plan and a purpose to my life that was bigger than what I could see all by myself at the stage of life I was in. It might have been my first peek into what transcendent meant. That my life had a purpose that meshed into the transcendent. He inspired me to be more, to, to live more, to want to be engaged in faith stuff that was outside my previous experience. Stuff just made sense when Gary said it. And don't, don't be mistaken, I, I was a project, right? This did not all happen over one magical weekend. This is a process that spilled over years and even into a number of different provinces. Some of you know what this is like. You've had a similar story. And for me, at my age, at that time, I needed a different model than just my parents. He was one of those people who took, uh, who used faith and it changed the way I saw it. And then I went off, partially because of his influence, off to Bible school. And, and then I went off, I flew off into the mysterious and the misunderstood prairies. I flew to Regina, Saskatchewan and began a biblical studies program. And while there, somewhere in my first year, I don't remember exactly where it happened, where it came about, about but I connected with my RD, and that is the residence director. And that's the guy who was in charge of all the men's residence floors. Stacy Taves, awesome name, very good, strong Mennonite name. Taves, spelled T-O-E-W-S. Taves, right? Just totally makes sense. And we would meet and we would chat and he would come up to me and we would sit and we would philosophize. We would discuss and debate and, you know, even discern. Stacy challenged me in good ways. He had a way that I really admired, a, a, a life view of speaking and living from a place of opportunity and not obligation. Have, have, you, have, you, ever, have you ever done this? Have you, have you ever, ever heard that? Have you, have you read this? And Stacy was the one who joined me in one of my most profound and memorable spiritual experiences. It was in the midst of a devotional life module, and that would be when you are learning about something that is there to aid you in your personal spiritual life. How, if you add this, this will improve your, your development. It's, you know, kind of like some of the stuff that we're going to look at when we talk about private disciplines in a couple of weeks. So I was going to try out fasting. All right, that was what the assignment was, that we would have to fast and pray for nine meals. And then as you're doing that, you journal. What was it like? What did you think? What did you experience? What are your reflections at that time? All the things that we learned, write it all down. And so I figured out, here was the plan. It was nine meals. So I was one meal every nine days. I go, no way. No, I'm going in this. I'm going to be hardcore. Let's go all in. Nine meals straight. So that's what I want to do. So I'm in a, a student lounge when lunch is on, and Stacy walks by, and he says, hey, you want to have lunch with me? And I say, well, I discreetly mentioned that I'm not going to lunch today, and then blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth for a moment, because I'm trying to not tell him that I'm fasting and praying, because it's not supposed to be a show, right? And I'm taking that part really seriously. Keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. So finally, I break down, and I tell him. 
goes, oh, great. Well, let's go to a prayer room and let's pray. And so off we go. We both pray back and forth a couple of times. And then he stops, sort of breaks out, and he asks me, have you ever prayed that before? And I draw a blank. I'm going, uh, pray what before? <laughs> he said, you asked for the Holy Spirit to fill you. I go, did I? Uh, honestly, I don't remember. I obviously couldn't have been too passionate about it, right? He goes, well, okay, well, let's pray about that for a little bit. And then it was shortly after that, that it just drops like a, like a boom. And I'm absolutely, totally overwhelmed. And it's very difficult to, uh, to experience and to describe this because when I say it, it's going to, um, if you imagine yourself in that kind of position, you always hear it as unpleasant. But that wasn't the case at all. It was wonderful and, and, and powerful and life-transforming. He, he left me for a couple of hours to give you a sense of what's happening here. And then he came back and I was still there for about three and a half hours. I was in my chair and then I was on my floor weeping, totally overcome with emotion, feeling overwhelmed in a way that I've never felt before and warm and loved and accepted and forgiven and close to God. And, and the whole time that this is going on, my muscles are spasming, sort of kind of all over my body. And to this day, I still get these moments when I have a particular connection to the Holy Spirit where the muscle spasms kind of return and I am just transfixed, locked where I am. And to some people, when I, when I say that, they just go, man, that just sounds freaky. I don't ever want that to happen to me. I don't ever want to be in a similar situation. It's something that they want to avoid. And this is because you just can't you can't imagine what it's like to be in there. You can't describe it and imagine it at the same time. So I don't go looking for it. I don't go trying to make it happen. And sometimes it just comes upon me. And there was a time when I, if I tried really, really hard, I could suppress it. And, I, and I've stopped trying to suppress it for quite some time now. And Stacy was there in that time and in many other less dramatic times over the course of that school year. I don't remember ever praying with someone who I connected with so well. Stacy has certainly been an unexpected and an unsearched for kind of relationship. He helped me to take another step in my Christian experience, a step that provided depth and clarity, and he helped. And when I look back on these relationships, I can see the hand of God in both of them. They were, to me, absolutely providential. They were gifts from God to me. They're not the only ones, but for today, trying to limit it, that God has allowed to intersect my life at critical junctures. I had a part. I could have rejected either of them. It's not like God forced his way into my life, but looking back, because I chose, by the grace of God, to participate and to lean in to these relationships, even though sometimes they were uncomfortable, these guys and the providential relationships with them, in, in many ways, they shaped and even rescued my faith. They shaped my view of God. They shaped my understanding of Christianity and what it could be. Not what it was for me right now, but what it could be. And they shaped my view of the world 
And, and they help me to understand how the truth of God enters and integrates into real life in the midst of doing other things that the presence of God is there, and this is a spiritual thing. And so when you hear someone tell a faith story, one of those stories that describes the way people have experienced God working in their lives, when you hear those stories, you, you hear about certain relationships. They just come up, right? I have never heard a story that goes along starting with all alone or in isolation or when no one else was involved, I came into contact with God, grew deeply in my faith amongst no others and grew to all that God would have me to be alone. And now that I have grown into all that God would have me to be without any external influences, here I am right? Relationships and certainly providential relationships are one of the tools that God uses to grow our faith. And when I started to think about this, I really had to narrow it down. I had to focus because um, just two people. Otherwise, it would just go on and on. And I could tell you stories about all these other things. I am so fortunate to have had so many key relationships in my life and at so many different stages. And, and I hope that's true for you. I hope you have stories like that. And if you haven't yet, I hope that those are to come. These are gifts from God. Sometimes it's just a conversation. Not years, just a conversation that came at the right time and for some reason it just really connected. You see, it just, it just stuck with me. Sometimes it's a series of conversations, and sometimes we might even say, I'm not sure if it was anything they said. It was just, I was just watching their life. I just watched them live. I watched them go through things, and I watched them overcome, and I watched them bear up under. I watched them come through. I watched how they did that, and I learned so much from watching some of us would say in our, in our story, it brought me back to church. Some of us might even say that it brought us for the first time because of these connections, these relationships. Some of us would say this is how it opened up a new door in my faith. That's what happened to me. Here's the point, or the principle for today, is that God uses human relationships to impact our faith in Him. So like all principles, it goes both ways, all right? Because the other question I could have asked you today would take this in a totally different direction. Looking back on your life, has there been anyone who has undermined your faith in God? Has there been a relationship in your past that has kind of, you know, taken the legs out from underneath your faith? And as a result of that relationship, you believed less. As a result of that relationship, you found yourself further from God. Isn't it true that if you were to trace back to your greatest regret, the path would take you to a relationship? A call you wish you'd never returned. A text message you wish you had never responded to. An invitation that you wish you had just said no to. A date you wished you had never gone on, a business opportunity that you wish you had never been at, that you had walked away from it. Our greatest regrets tend to trace back to relationships. 
Relationships intersect with our faith for good or for bad. And that's why we can count on this for the rest of our lives, that God can use and will use relationships to build our faith. So what do you do? You, you, you can't just go out, out the door and, and call for a providential relationship like it's an Uber. Ready for one now, sending. What do they look like? Okay, there he is. They kind of just happen. They appear as if from nowhere. And I think this is really important because as I think it is something that we can leverage. Depending on your faith tradition, you might never have ever talked about something like this before. Faith was just a, was just a day thing. It was, a, let's say, a Sunday faith where faith equates to, I will go there at that time. That's what faith looks like. So you're not thinking this way. But let's try thinking about this. How can I leverage the current relationships that I have for the sake of building my faith? How can I leverage the relationships that I'm about to have for the sake of building my faith? And if you've never ever thought about that, you might be missing out on one of the primary things that God will use, wants to use to establish and grow your faith, to take you to a new level. The other reason that this is really significant, that every single day you are around people who could, who could not care less about your faith. Every single day, we live in a culture that is not pushing us towards greater faith in God. It's pushing us away. Circumstances, illness, events, news reports, scandals, in any of these things, we may be pushed to begin to believe that God is not in control. Because of that, I can't trust God. Maybe God's not faithful after all. And the current of our culture is never towards good things. It's always towards bad, destructive things. Human nature does not, by default, push me toward good things. I cannot recall ever having had to fight the temptation to do the right thing. I was not feeling kind. You know, I just sort of slipped. I gave in, and I was kind anyway. Right? That's not a problem that I have. This all swirls to push me and to pull me away from confidence in God. And that being the case, if there is a relationship that I can leverage to move me towards greater confidence, greater trust in God, I don't want to miss it. God uses people to impact and grow our faith. And this is not a recent addition to God's plan. This is the way that it has always Worked. Keep your eyes open and watch around you all the people that are there and those that come into your life. And one of the most famous wise guys throughout history is King Solomon. And this is what he summarized for us in Proverbs 13. He said, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. It's not a command. Sometimes the way we hear it in English, that's a command. But the way you would read it in the original language is much more of an observation. This is what does happen. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a religious person. You don't even have to be a very insightful person to understand the nature and the relationship reflected in this verse. Being with fools causes harm. That might just bring up a story to your mind in your past. 
That might remind you of your greatest regret. Who was in the room or who was nearby when your greatest regret transpired? The people you choose to surround yourself with have the potential to impact your spirituality. But when you choose to do life with wise people, to walk with wise people, to surround yourself with wise people, to be influenced by wise people, God can use that relationship to create something good in you. And there's a spiritual component to all relationships. That wisdom is from the Old Testament. The New Testament speaks about this as well. So the Apostle Paul, he wrote this to his friends who lived in the city of Corinth. And they were struggling, like we do. They were struggling with how to live out faith effectively in the culture that they were in. And they were pulled and they were pushed. And he said, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And then we might say, yeah, but we were all having a good time, right? But come on, we know that that is not a long-term situation. So many good times now result in regret later. And this is not rocket surgery, people. Bad company corrupts good character. Maybe not on the first day, but over time, there will be a shifting in values. Human relationships can have a negative spiritual impact. And the wrong kinds of relationships create the wrong kinds of impacts but that creates the wrong kinds of outcomes with the wrong kinds of behaviors. Just as she who walks with the wise will grow wise, that is, there is the potential to grow wise. So in the same way, a companion of fools suffers harm. And also, in the same way, bad company corrupts good character or good morals. We've all seen that. Right? It's easier to see in other people. But if we're honest, we see it in our own lives too. So this is a principle that works for us or against us. And this is a principle that God wants to leverage in a relationship to supersize your faith. What do we do? What's our part in this? And this is why we at Into One want to be all about creating and resourcing relational environments. That is why we focus on building and deepening relationships that, so that you can encounter them here, but also to give you the tools to take these principles wherever you go on the road. We are looking to increase and improve our relational techniques, not because we, can, we think we can force a providential relationship, but here's what we can do. We can create the potential for a providential relationship. If you allow us to, if you will engage, we will give you the opportunity to meet people, to meet each other, to hear stories from each other, to gain wisdom from each other, and to gently get beneath the surface. These relationships tend to appear in baptism stories that you hear. When people get up and say, this is what happened, this is my life. Which is another good reminder, upcoming baptism service on June 23rd, and if you're interested, follow the link in the online notes that you're looking at right there, or go to into1.ca and search under next steps. Go to the page, fill out the form, and let's get started. Let's start talking about this. Because being involved in providential relationships can be jump-started 
by intentionally being involved in relationships, not trying to avoid. There's a flip side to this as well. You might need to get into something that will push you into relationships to help your faith grow. And perhaps you think like this. Maybe this is the way you think. You go, oh, I really should. I really should. (laughs) I really should. I'm not going to. Uh, That would help. I can see why that would be a good thing, but yeah, I'm not going to do it. I've had a bad experience in the past. Never again. Thanks. The flip side might be this, though. The issue might not be your intentionality to be in a place to grow relationships. You might already be doing that. For some of us, the issue is, are we willing to be available? To be that person in someone else's life. You can be on both sides at the same time. When you stop to think, um, man, I am concerned about the circumstances of the people around me. Sometimes you know them, sometimes you don't. Maybe there's a group of people. Maybe there's a group of people that specifically in your mind, your heart just goes to, you relate to them, I understand where they are. You've got concern and you pray for them. You pray for these people. You're concerned about the way they they talk about their marriage or you're you're concerned about the fact that they never talk about their marriage. You're you're concerned about uh, their humor. You're concerned about their their lack of knowledge in in financial management matters, and they're just driving themselves deep into debt. And these are stories that you can relate to, you understand, and so your heart breaks, and you're burdened, because as you listen in your neighborhood, or, or you listen at work, or maybe, maybe even in church, you hear them, and, the, and the, the, these people, they just sound so far from God. <coughs> and so you've prayed for them. And, and, and you've shared this thought with other people, and they have prayed as well. You might even have begun to talk to them, but you have never intentionally sought to get into their life. And the reason is so simple, it's so clear. None of my business. Providential relationships often start around awkward moments. I know this is awkward, but... But I don't want to just turn my back and walk away. I don't want to be involved in gossip. God, I will take that risk. God, I will risk it and gently put myself open the door. God, if you want to intersect these two lives and turn this into a providential relationship, I am open. I am willing and available. So be concerned. Be prayerful, but be active. Seemingly impossible things happen through highly unlikely relationships time and time again. And I think it's because God's got a great sense of humor. He goes, you didn't see that coming, did you? And there's lots of these stories floating around. Maybe that's your story. Maybe you have a story about a person who risked it and they connected to you. This is a principle that is always at work. We either embrace it or we ignore it. We enter in or we dodge it and hope someone else steps up. Your friends determine the direction and the quality of your life. And that's true no matter your age. Our friends determine the direction and the quality and the depth of faith in God because God uses relationships to impact and to grow our faith in Him. How do you need to leverage this in your life? What direction is the one that you need to take? Do you need to be be intentional or do you need to be available? Both. 
God wants our faith big because big faith means lots of confidence in him and he is at work among us and through us and that faith and that confidence leads to intimacy in every relationship. Whether it's with God or with other people, we need both. We need the horizontal and we need that vertical and that is right at the heart of a growing relationship with Jesus. If we are going to move ahead at into one, we need more of you to step up and to step in. We need you to be on mission because this is about everyone, everywhere, all the time. Who can you connect with? Where can you connect? You don't have to muddle through on your own. Go to the next steps page at into1.ca. Read it over. If you would like some help, you want to talk this through, then let's set up a meeting time. You can use the contact us page at into1.ca. This is about motion. This is about movement. Because lest we forget, we are on a road trip in earnest pursuit of Christ. We are being brought together into one. We have hope and we have freedom in the love of Jesus. We are drawn closer together through a growing faith in Jesus. We don't make faith, but we remain expectant, active, and focused on these faith catalysts. Kind Father, please do that in us. Catalyze that in us. Grow our faith Grow it big. And as we reach out to you in faith and in confidence and trust, set us on mission this week, maybe even today, where we will pursue you so that our faith will grow. And as we are doing that, may we interact with somebody else and cause their faith to grow as well. Thank you for the way that you have been active in our past the way that you are active currently in our, in our present, and the way that you will be active in our future. God, help us to see where you are at work and then try to get on that page too, to risk a little bit in our relationship, to say, I just want to connect well with people, to not shut folks down, to be open to the providential relationships that you can and you will open before us. Thank you for the people who cared enough to interact in my life. I pray your blessing upon them. Thank you for the opportunities that I have had to interact with other people's lives. And I pray your blessing upon them. God, thank you for the opportunities that await me, maybe even today, where I can be involved in a relationship pushes towards faith and not towards despair. Thanks for your kindness. Thanks for your patience with us. Continue to move here, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.